You're listening to the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Pryor. This isn't your usual gender reveal party. There will be no baby sex parts. This is the real reveal, where we reveal gender through stories of brave humans willing to share their lived experience. Enjoy the listening. I sure enjoy making it. Hi, and welcome back to the Gender Reveal Party Podcast. I'm your host again, Jay Pryor, and today I'm with a new friend. Her name is Katie Dixon. Welcome to the show, Katie. Hey, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's so uh, nice to meet you really for the first time. We've been on the call together for about five minutes, right? And um, and you come to me from my good friend, Tori Gleason, who's been on the, been on the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, you're another local human being. And, um, you know, one of the goals of our podcast is to share all different kinds of stories of different humans. And so welcome to the show and um, tell us your story. I'd love to hear who are you and what are you doing? What are you about? Yeah. Yeah. What do you enjoy in life? That's a good question. That's a loaded question. Yeah. (laughs) I know, right? So so where to start? So I'm Katie Dixon. Um, Just like you said, Jay, and uh, my pronouns are she and they. Um, I actually just recently have started using they as one of my alternative pronouns. That's a, that's a um, interesting tidbit, right? So Mm -hmm. I live in Olathe, Kansas. Uh, We were just chatting a little bit about kind of where I'm from, where I grew up. I grew up in a pretty small town. There was about 55 kids in my my high school graduating class, so a pretty small community in uh, northern Missouri. Relocated to Kansas, um, oh gosh, several years ago. I have a 15-year-old son, so I um, would, I had my son seven days after I turned 18, and uh, he's He's awesome. His name's Quentin. I have a partner who we cohabitate together. His name's Brandon. Um, my my son goes to Olathe North. I have three dogs and a cat, um, so we're busy. Um, I and I uh, I would I like to say that I'm a, kind of an activist. So that I. I shied away from that term for a while, but then I've come to embrace it, right? Because that can mean a lot of different things. And uh, got got introduced to you through Tori. She we actually met through a a training called Victory uh, Institute training, which helps train LGBTQ identifying people that are running or thinking about running for public office. Um, So a piece of my story was that I I ran for state house in 2020 here in Olathe and I lost by 200 votes. So as an openly out person, I'm running in Olathe, the, the kind of voting demographics of Olathe are traditionally very, um, I mean, let, let's put it this way. We don't have any um, openly out people. Brandon Woodard, I think, has like a slice of Olathe that he helps represent, but I think it's about 500 people. So it, it's just kind of a historically tough place. So even though that was a loss, I still consider it a win. So I'll just kind of open it up there and you could, you could ask what you want. Yeah. So start with me, first of all, because I want, first of all, I guess our audience a lot of our audience are cis gender heterosexual people who live the binary, right? Okay. Live in the binary, which yep. looking at you and your family, people would think that's who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when I um, you know, I 
<laughs> so there's kind of a little bit to unpack here. So I wasn't really truthful with myself for a long time because of my religious upbringing. And so, you know, because I, so I, I identify as pansexual and because I, uh, which, which I like to say is, you know, if you're in it, living in a binary world, this is just kind of my personal definition that I tell people and there's male or female. Well, if you can consider that spectrum to be more of a spectrum instead of binary, um, my, my physical attraction is kind of all along that spectrum. So if, if you think of it that way, well, I can fit into this role and, and kind of quote unquote pass in this role um, as, a, as a cisgendered heterosexual person fairly well. And I, I did that for a long time also for kind of self-preservation. So I worked for in, I have a degree in chemistry. I worked for an oil pipeline for several years. I'm currently in a financial uh, services role. So very male dominated, um, you know, spent a lot of time in places, um, very rural places in Southern, Southern United States. So it, it unfortunately benefited me to not uh, present as my authentic self for a very long time. And then when I ran for office, I realized that I can't be inauthentic and be an effective leader. And I felt like it was time to, to really say, okay, this is, this is who I am more publicly. Right. And, and it was the, the reaction was very, um, very positive. You know, I expected maybe a little bit more mixed reaction, especially like really coming out to my family for the first time in my thirties. They were like, oh yeah, we knew that. I'm like, nope. you know, I'm thinking I have this huge secret of hiding. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I, and, and so if, is there any part of that that you want me to expand on a little bit? Um, if you want to, well, the first thing is the, uh, religious piece. And then you had a kid when you were 18. So <laughs> like, yeah. uh, how did that go together? <laughs> well, have you ever tried to put some water and some oil together? <laughs> you know, and I think that in, in my religious journey, I don't know if it's, uh, I, I don't want to compare it to anybody else's, but I hear a lot of similarities where, it, with uh, with other people who decided to share their story with me that growing up it was really traumatic because you felt like you were just destined through no fault of your own to not uh not go to heaven right so i grew up catholic and um i kind of i, I got kicked out of sunday school for asking questions the sunday school teacher didn't want to answer and not in a an antagonistic way in a in a way that i i was really seeking answers and so i felt like that disenchantment happened a little early on just because I thought, man, why are we condemning certain people? I don't, I don't understand, especially when like part of me identified with, with, with different groups that we were condemning. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> I guess I just, uh, I was pregnant when I was 17. Um, part of that, you know, it, that is really something that's, and, and I, I'll get a little bit political here because I can't help it. Part of what solidified um, really being pro-choice for me or, or you know, letting, treating abortion as healthcare. Um, I just, I decided that an abortion was not what I was going to do. And I, I love my son. He's 15. He's awesome. He's a fantastically smart and sassy child, right? I raised him, what would I expect? But that, uh, that was tough, right? All those, those things were tough to, to reconcile and to coexist with all of this. And so I felt a lot of tumultuousness, right? Like I'm trying to identify or trying to at least 
outwardly present as like, you know, religious or there's this. I mean, I, I was going to be a nun for a while. Like I went to the, you know, convent to study. And, um, and so I, I feel like I've spent a lot of my life really trying to figure out where I fit in and not necessarily having that piece to fit in and finally saying, okay, I, I can't, I can't pretend anymore. And it's been very freeing and very, um, I've met so many just authentic and genuine people. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that I like to, uh, to unpack for our audience sometimes, because we focus a lot on gender. Um, and when we're talking about being pansexual, we're talking about relationship orientation, right? Mm-hmm. And so the coolest thing about being pansexual is that fluidity, right? So one of the things I like to talk about is that I think there's a big distinction between relationship orientation and sexual orientation right? Because I can have sex with anybody. (laughs) There is not, there is not, I mean, if we're just talking pure, having sex or sexing, physical physical parts, I can, yeah, yeah, I can get it up for a little bit of that anyway. Most (laughs) of the time for men, I'm not going to lie, the thought of having, and especially now that I'm off testosterone, I have zero interest at all. But when you're on testosterone, you'll have sex with anything, right? (laughs) I mean, let's just get real. Uh, testosterone drives a different way. But always for me, the thought of having sex with men was always better than the actual having sex with men. Yeah, <laughs> Where hey. That's not true with women. <laughs> I mean, that's just, so funny. it's just the truth for me. It's just always the truth for me. Um, and regardless, I can have sex with anybody. And I don't want to have a relationship with a man. Yes, like I just yeah. don't. Right. Yeah. So when we're and and, you know, so for me, it's like I can people always say, well, what's your sexual orientation? It's like, well, my sexual orientation, if you really are talking about who can I have sex with? (laughs) Technically, I prefer to have sex with women, (laughs) but, you know, occasionally, whatever. But if you're talking about relationship orientation, right, from the time I was seven years old, I was in relationship with women and wanted to be with women and wanted, but I didn't want to be with women like another woman. I wanted to be in relation with them like like I was their boyfriend, <laughs> and so or their butch their butch boyfriend. And so there's for me there's a big distinction right between relationship orientation and sexual orientation. So when we're talking about pansexuality, which is you know they were calling it pansexuality, which again goes back to that word of sexual orientation. But is it sexual orientation or is it relationship orientation? in terms of how you would speak about it, can you be in relationship with, and obviously if you have a husband that's a cisgender male, you can, all genders of people, all sexual orientations of people, you know, that's just not a thing. Can you speak to that? Yeah, well, and I would, you know, this is something that I've really been kind of exploring lately um, would would be something, you know, relationship orientation and sexual orientation. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think they're very different. But I also think that relationship orientation is an interesting conversation in and of, it, in and of itself because I feel like I create meaningful, lasting relationships with people that are not necessarily sexually motivated so you know so what but well and of course you do that but like you know at some point people are like well what is what is like polyamorous mean right i'm like well you know do you have to have one person that you go to that satisfies all of your relationship needs is that possible so you know it's it's uh and then and then and then you know finding somebody i'm 
my partner just told me last time, he said, you are so impulsive. Sometimes it's hard to be in a relationship with you. And I said, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, that's why I always say that's fair. Yeah, yeah, fair. I can't, I can't have a relationship with me either. So, um, but I, I absolutely agree with that. And it's interesting because I, I have found myself um, more in relationships with, with cisgendered men. And I, I think part of that is that self-preservation piece that we talked about too, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the other part of this, honestly, is that, um, you know, through some, through some recent therapy, I've realized, oh, I have, uh, you know, I may not be, I have a little gender fluidity and I bring a lot of masculine, what I think some people would consider masculine energy. And it's, it's, I think I relate more. So I, I don't know. I'm, I, I may be not necessarily scientific over here. Um, yeah. and I'm in the process. I think the other thing is it's really interesting as you are open as I am open to to being truthful and authentic and not, and looking at myself without judgment and without notion, like preconceived notions, more ideas are coming, like not more ideas are coming to me. I'm just more open to exploring things in a way that doesn't feel icky. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, what does that mean? What is, you know, why, why is that? Or how is that? Or or even when I, even when I ran for office in 2020, I, um, I, I said I was bisexual because to be blunt with you, I didn't really quite understand the difference between bisexual and pansexual. Now, right. once I was like, oh, that's the difference. No, I'm definitely not that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a interesting. I don't know if you've had that experience too, though, where once you kind of let that wall down, oh, it's interesting what comes to you. I don't know. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, and also for me anyway, like um, I'm always on a journey and from the beginning of my own self-loathing, like I've been on a journey of constantly expanding my love for myself. And the more I expand my love for myself, then the more aware I have of what it is for me to be authentic. I've had to come out a gajillion times. You know, I know. like I started out as a lesbian, you know, I just went. <laughs> I mean, I've like, I'm keep coming out over and over again. My pronouns are them because now. I They're like, what? <laughs> yep, I hope I do. And I hope I can give other people the space to change and move and flow and you know, God forbid somebody stays that same person that you marry. You know what I mean? I want my wife to grow. I want to grow with her. I want to. And for me, that's what monogamy is about, which. So, I mean, I think it's important for our audience, especially to unpack the difference since you said it, the difference between bisexual and pansexual. Do you want to speak to that? Um, I can for a while and then you can add in, you know, what you've heard. So for me personally, um, you know, I, 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 the, the main word in bi is, or bisexual is bi, right? That it, it really, to me, it indicates that there are two genders that you're attracted to, you know, male and female. And I just feel like that binary is, I mean, obviously if I have, you know, if I'm gender fluid, the binary doesn't really fit for me anyway. Right. But that, that is just, there, there are so many people that from a, you know, from a sexual orientation standpoint that I would look at and say, oh, oh, you're attractive. And, you know, I've even had people that say, well, since you're in a long-term relationship, why does it even matter? Well, do you stop, you know, does does cisgendered heterosexual people stop being attracted to the opposite gender when they're married or in a relationship? No, that's silly, right? Like that is, that's, you know, denying human nature or something, right? Like, oh, I'm never going to be attracted to somebody ever again. Um, so I think it, and I, I think it's important to talk about these things 
to people. And I have a way, you know, I feel like one of my superpowers is to be able to reach people who, and they can ask questions. You know, I was just with a coworker of mine and they were like, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm looking around, like I'm telling a secret if people are just <laughs> hearing and not watching. They're like, if you're, if you're pansexual, does that mean you have an open relationship? And they weren't, you know, they wanted to know and they weren't. Right. And I They're did not try to be jerks. They just curious. Yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, you can Google it, but I said, I said, no, that's not really how it works. And I just had this conversation with them. And they're like, I've always wondered, and I, I, I was so afraid to ask you, which, you know, coworker, I can kind of understand why you'd be a little bit afraid to ask those questions, but you know, it's, and not everybody can advocate for themselves and be as, as forthright, you know, right. and I'm, but I, you know, it's important to have these conversations because I do Agreed. think there's shame underlying or assumptions underlying that we can just say, no, that's not what it means for me, or that's not how it is for me, or thanks for asking. And, and, and then at the end of that conversation, my coworker said, thank you so much because I'm trying to relate to my child and I'm having a hard time. And, and they, they kind of make fun of me sometimes and I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to understand. So I was like, oh, that's not about me at all. It's about their relationship with somebody else, but they just found a safe person to ask. So you just like pointedly made it. Uh, part of the point of this podcast is to sort support people our age or I mean I'm older than you I'm 100% clear but you know the younger generation is like just google it which I I get that and we that doesn't come to my mind right away <laughs> it's like it's not the first thing I go to well, then, because I'm you know, not of that generation someone? right I'm like well I should ask somebody <laughs> yeah. and, and well, especially I- when you're trying to learn something so I really <laughs> like and appreciate the fact that people ask. And I always tell people, use whatever words you have, right? You can't offend me. Use whatever words you have. And then I'll help you with the right words so that you don't offend anybody else. <laughs> because I do my best and I can't even keep up. As it is, it's hard for me agreed, to keep up, agreed, right? Agreed. So, and, and, you know, I think on that conversation, you know, I've talked with so many people in the business industry who had some trainings and different things. And they're like, I'm so afraid of messing up which, you know, there are some things you just shouldn't say, but when we start training or when you're talking to somebody, I always assume no ill intent and unless you prove otherwise. And then when right. I can do that and, and then I can say, okay, you know, like yeah. don't, don't ask that. <laughs> well, you know, one of my guests recently, Rhodes Perry, who was on a couple just past week, um, really pointed out the fact that, um, you know, perfectionism is a white supremacist value. And it's one of the ways that we keep people, you know, keep white supremacy in power is by give, buying into that perfectionism and especially when it comes to deep connection with others like oh I can't talk to you because I have to be perfect so we really want to make sure that we continue to open that up and give people the opportunity to use the words they have and come with questions and do what they can at least that's my view is like continue to ask questions continue to be yes. in that conversation as much as you can and I'm, give up the perfectionism. my in my yeah. book I teach progress not perfection all the time correct correct, correct. Progress, correct. Not perfection. we are right yeah and and I think for people that if that are listening to this that are worried about using the wrong terms come with good intent just know that not everybody can advocate for themselves right, right? everybody's at a different place in their journey um and there are enough people out there that you can ask and say, just, just say, I don't, I don't know. You know, I mess up all the time. I, I mess up all best, the time. One of my best friends uses they, them pronouns. And I, two of my best friends do. And I sometimes misgender them. I mess up. 
right? Like it, it happens. Yeah. And you just go on, you know, mm-hmm. you just move on. You. Well, and, and especially I always make sure to tell people don't make a big deal out of it. Cause then you're putting that trans person or that gender fluid person in a situation where they have to like talk to it. And that's yeah. uncomfortable for us. <laughs> yeah. Don't make yeah. me talk to you about this. Move on. Right. Yeah. And don't make a thing about it, especially. Oh, God, people say to me, I'm so sorry. And they fall all over themselves. And I'm like, shut up. Yes. <laughs> like, and then, move yeah. on. And you, and now you I'm embarrassed. To... Please yes. move on. Right. Oh, don't make God. this about me trying yeah. to make you do something that makes yeah. you uncomfortable. All of a yeah. sudden now it's about you again. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, the, and, you know, on that on that soapbox, when people say it's hard to use the right pronouns, I mean, yeah, it is like, Susan, it's hard to remember your name. I'm really terrible with it, but I'm not going to call you the wrong name. Right. And I might have to ask. And if again. I do, I'm going to apologize and move on and be like, yeah. oh, my God, and I'm so sorry. Susan, I know name. your name is. Betty. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. You know, go not on, a big deal. Right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. try and I think a little bit of trying goes a long way, right? Yeah. Just a little bit of trying goes a long way. Right. Yeah. So I would add to the um, you know, the 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 bisexual, I agree with you, bisexual really indicates the binary. And I do think that some bisexual people who would have identified as bisexual, like in the 80s or 90s, may c- be coming out as pansexual now because the word exists. Right. I identified as a genderqueer back in the day, but the word non-binary did not exist. So nobody understood what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> I'd yeah. say I'm a genderqueer and people would be like, huh? oh, you know, they didn't understand me. I'd say I'm a trans man to try to get people to understand that I had one foot in woman. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a man. I'm a trans man. I'm an out trans man. Like, I do not want to be a man. <laughs> But people could not hear my words. But now yeah. I'm a now I have non-binary. They can hear me, right? So yeah. I do think yeah. that there are some bisexual people. Just some. I'm not saying a lot, or I, yeah. you know, I just know a few bisexual people who identified as bisexual back in the day who would now identify as pansexual. Which, folks, pansexual just means that it's not about the gender of the person. It's about the person. It's like yeah. they're attracted yeah. to, to, to the person, and it's really oh. fun because. You know, my wife has always identified as bisexual. Um, and when I went off testosterone, right, I talk about this in the show because I think it's one of the funniest damn things. Um, and I tease this friend of mine about it. But, uh, you know, when I went off testosterone, I started telling my friends in advance what was going to happen. I'm going to go off testosterone. I'm using they, them pronouns. I want you to know what's happening. And one of my friends is like, but what about Jessica? You know, like, <laughs> what about jessica yeah i don't know what about her you know i'm like you know she's been going down on me for 19 years she knows what's down there like she's not it's she's not, gonna, not, it's fine. not gonna wake up and be like there's a woman in my bed <laughs> who is this who is this right and so but what came over her in that moment she had this awareness right and it was a really powerful moment where she was like oh she just loves the person yeah wait you mean your wife loves you <laughs> Yeah, she just loves the person. It doesn't matter. I'm hairy or not hairy or, you know, it's like she just loves the person. And that was a revelation to this person. Right. She was like, oh, she just loves the person. Right. She doesn't love the sex. She doesn't love the the, the, the penis. She doesn't love the parts. Yeah. That for people is hard to get. Yes. And I think the other layer of that is that it can be hard to talk about who you are in bed with. Right. Like that's just kind of a intimate conversation and and it can make people uncomfortable. So, you know, again, trying to explain things without being like, 
you know, here's right. my entire, and, and it's not, you know, if, if I'm going to tell you who I'm in bed with, it's not just me consenting to that. It's the other person having to consent to. And so, you know, that's a, it, it, it gets a little blurry there, right? Well, and that's why I think it's important to unpack that it's yeah. not, it's a relationship orientation versus a sexual orientation because my 12 year olds, sure. my 12 year old and their friends who are all identifying as pansexual, right? They're all non-binary and pansexual because they, it's not about, yeah. right? And they're not having sex with anyone. <laughs> okay. They're 12 years old, right? often, yes. but they're talking about how it doesn't matter for them, it's about the person that they're interested in spending time with, yes. engaging yes. with, being girlfriend with, boyfriend with, non-binary friend with, whatever you want to call it, friendly and with. That, yes. <laughs> and that, they're not having and sex. Think, for sure. And then I think, but I think that oftentimes as adults, we're like, well, what about the sex? I mean, that's why, you know, trans people get asked, well, what about your surgeries? All the time, right? Like our brains are like, what about that? Yeah, I don't know that it's about the okay. sex. I think it's more about the gender because, you know, people want to know what's in my pants. Yeah, but but that's where that's where brains go, right? So we have to just be cautious. Right. I think. Yes, oh, I agree. I agree. Be cautious about like, you know, where is that? How can we have the conversation and respect everybody's privacy, but also how can we really understand what's happening, right? Like, right. how can we have these understanding moments if we're not going to have some vulnerable conversations with people who Absolutely. are able to do that? So, Which, you know, I just, uh, I have a new friend uh, who was going to be on the show, Dr. Scholar Lee, and he has a, he coined a term called inner standing, which I really appreciate because it's like, you do have to come to an inner standing first before you can understand someone, right? And I think that's very powerful to come, uh, come to that place of inner standing. And that's part of what my show I want to be about is creating an inner standing for people. So then they can stand under us and they can, you know, understand. Yes, um, yeah. And one of the things that you pointed to that I think really speaks to this, um, that I want to last thing probably I want to talk about real quick is why be out about it, right? You have a husband, you have kids, things are good. Why be out about currently, it, right? Currently and not people, married. People, okay, well, not a husband, but <laughs> you got a, you got a feller, you got a, you got a human in your life that you love yeah. and you have kids and things are good. And you could just be like passing. People tell me this, ask me this all the time, especially when I was on testosterone and all hairy and manness. And they're like, why are you out? Like, why would you be telling people about this? So one of the things, but especially those of you who are in, you know, cisgender humans, you don't have to be out about being pansexual and how I would speak to that is you're right. You don't have to be. And I'm sure people ask you about that. And again, like if you belong to a community that in your soul, in your heart, if you have an inner standing of that, then there is a call to stand up for and be that. And I really appreciate those allies that are also part of the community, but they're also an ally to the trans community, to the rest of us, right? Because you do have some privilege in your cisgenderedness, right? Yes. There is some privilege oh, yeah. and in your whiteness, in your yes. white cisgenderedness, yes. you have some privilege yes. that yes. also as a part of our community, you stand under us. And for me, that is so important and so powerful because, you know, we on the show, we've talked about a lot. A lot of trans people do not feel supported by the rest of the LGBTQ community. We do not and, feel like yes. LGB has our back. I appreciate people who yes. like you who are like, hey, I'm pansexual and I'm part of your community. And so I'm going to stand up. 
And I will say this too, I've exploited that, that privilege, you know, I mean, until I felt safe enough to be in a place to not, you know, so it's, it's, it exists. And, and, but also I think it makes me a powerful, powerful ally, because again, I I still think my superpower is reaching out to people, right. And creating that, that I need to, I need to get that understanding. I need a little, little more research on that, but to get that feeling because at the end of the day, we're just all in this together, right? Everybody's trying to live their life. We're trying to live our best life. And, and for me to be truthful with myself and truthful with other people was like a form of release, right? Yes. It was like, nope, this is just it. And this yeah. is who I am. And power of coming out, man. It's so powerful. Yeah. And, and I, and I, you know, and, and somebody who doesn't have, has never been in a position to go through that probably doesn't resonate with it. You know, it just, you just don't resonate with it. And, and it's, I mean, I think it's fundamentally changed me who I am because I've always been the same person, but I gave myself permission just to not care and be unapologetically me. Yeah, And that's just changed me. Right. Like, I mean, like at the end of the day, I'm still Katie. I still grew up and did all these things and, you know, navigated the world. And I would have still had a great life. I'm sure if I just never, if I never was able to publicly say, Hey, this is who I am but it changed my, how I think about myself. So, yeah. um, and the, and the permissions I allowed myself, I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm no, sure. No, it's a hundred percent makes sense. I mean, okay. I'm a coach. <laughs> the other work that I do is all about becoming, you know, uh, having a knowing of our higher self and being able to come from that place and be self-aware. And one of the things I'm a hundred percent clear about is that our own self-expression, even though people may not have to, you know, some of us have to, that those of us who are like, trans or and we have to some of us have to have trauma or really come up against the grain to be able to be our authentic self and everybody has the experience of hiding their light under a bushel right everybody has the experience of giving up on themselves or selling out on something even you know i told my clients how many of you wanted to be a musician and you quit because it got too hard right and then you gave up on yourself or you you know everybody has sold out on themselves and everybody hides parts of themselves to fit in or to underestimate good and they underestimate themselves and so it's like i think everybody can relate to the experience of not everybody but i hope you can i hope people who are listening will consider what in your life might not be so popular but it's really who you are and it might be something that you need to do or be in order to be your most authentic self. So yeah, so that's yeah. brilliant. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. Before you go, and is there, oh, sorry. I, and I just want to say, well, I just oh, want to say, you know, we all, we're all in this together and we can all be allies. And I, I hate that you have expressed that you don't often feel that you're, you know, supported by other people or, or, or the, the community, not you in general. Right. And, yeah. and that's what I would impress upon people is that, you know, it's still, there is still just a lot of, a lot of grinding that goes on that we've got to do. Right. And we just all lift each other up. Let's come from a place of acceptance and promotion instead of a place of, of, you know, and I see that it's not a competition. Exactly. (laughs) And, but I see this with generational, generational things, both in the queer community and in just in life where it's like, it's so interesting because the boomers and the Gen, Gen Xers, especially who have raised children, have this idea that, damn it, they don't know how to work. Those kids don't know how to work. Those kids don't know what it's like to have to work and to do all this stuff, right? But then they spent their whole lives making sure that those kids didn't know how to work, 
right? They made sure that those kids had what they needed and they were supported and loved and cared for and, and really created a world where the kids didn't and now they're pissed about it, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. the same with the queer people like elder queers. I hear elder queers, those young queers, those young gays, they don't know what it's like. They don't know what it's like to not be able to wear the same clothes. They don't know what it's like to not be able to get married. They don't know what it's like to be harassed. They don't know what it's like to be spit on and kicked on. They haven't had it hard. They don't know what they're talking about. We shouldn't listen to them. I'm like, I did all this work so they wouldn't have to. And and this is also, why I've been doing this work is so that those kids don't have to have gone through the shit I went through. Exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, come and, on, people. Nobody, nobody Let's would, be celebrating this. Yes, yes. Let's and, celebrate that they yes. don't have to hit bottom and, or be devastated yeah. or yes. suicidal or, to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And comparing trauma with never wins now no, one, <laughs> ever no let's not one up right? our, our yeah, trauma no, no, it's nice <laughs> no. To, it, it is nice to have people to be able to share with and to be able to relate to especially in you know with some traumatic things but it, we're never gonna win by saying well you yeah. know you you had to go through that yeah. well that's what i I walked uphill two no, miles. Agree. To go to school, Jay. Agree. I, right. But it's kind, of a, it's kind of a thing <laughs> that I think just it's kind of a human <laughs> phenomenon to feel like I'm paving this way for you to be smooth. But boy, I'm pissed at you that you have a smooth road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make okay. any sense, but I, it just it's seems okay to, to let thing. that go. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. So, um, Katie, thanks for coming on our show. It's been a great conversation. Um, I'm thinking, I hope this anyway, that's Pride Month uh, while we're releasing this because I really want to uh, highlight different uh, pieces of the LGBTQIA <laughs> during Pride. It's coming up quick. Uh, and um, so tell us if there's any last um, thoughts you have and where can we find you if people want to talk to you? Yeah, yeah. No last thoughts. Just thank you so much. I'm really excited for this Pride Month. I hope that it's going to be, you know, like again, coming out publicly in 2020. We kind of just, you know, what was, what was pride then? I don't know. We were just like hiding in our houses or something. So right. I, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and I, uh, you could find me on, on I, I am like the most boring person from a social media standpoint. Twitter makes me feel like I'm going to lose my mind. So I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. Um, you can email me. <laughs> I don't know. I can put my contact information in the, I would in the uh, yeah. <laughs> they can find yeah, you on LinkedIn though. <laughs> yeah. You can put me on LinkedIn, message me. Um, I'll give you, I'll give them my junk email. Right. Um, <laughs> I still check it. I still check it. So um, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. I'm, you know, keep up the good work, Jade. Thank you so much. Like, it's, oh, it's, thank you. It's exciting to help give people a voice and to help have people have a, to give people a safe place to be able to connect and talk about some of these things is just super important, right? Yeah, yeah. And we all live. Uh, you know, we learn through our stories. And uh, thanks for telling your story. I really appreciate yeah. it. For those of you who are listening, if you haven't subscribed already, if you're watching on YouTube, a lot of you are watching without subscribing, hit the subscribe button um, and tell all your friends. And if you're listening, thanks for listening. And um, all of you, uh, love you. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Gender Reveal Party podcast. I hope you loved it. And if you did, would you take a second and go do all the things like subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. Apparently, if you do that, the podcast platforms are more likely to share it. And if you think these stories are important, please take three minutes to just go do that. I'd really appreciate it. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social. On Instagram and Facebook, I'm at the Gender Reveal Party. And on Twitter, I'm at Prior J. It's a real joy and privilege to bring you this podcast. Come back soon. Love you, bye. <laughs>